0: The following podcast is brought to you by the Village Zendo. For more information, visit VillageZendo.org. Well, good evening, everybody. Um, can you hear me okay? Great, 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 great. Um, well, it's a. Uh, it's really wonderful to see everybody. I actually um, see a lot of new faces to me, uh, and uh, and that's great. I don't know if you're new to the Zendo or just new to me, but um, in either case, welcome. Uh, thank you very much for being here. And um, my name is uh, Daishi, and I'm an assistant teacher here at the Village Zendo, even though I've been... Uh, living abroad for a few years now, but I'm actually back in your time zone. Uh, just recently, my family and I uh, moved back to the United States from the Netherlands, and uh, I'm talking to you from from Boston, my my new home. Um, so this evening, I wanted to talk about a line from the song of the Jewel Mirror Samadhi, that I have a a lot of fondness for. Baba Wawa, is there anything said or not? Um, We had a few moments of technical difficulties. Was there a problem or not a problem? So um, to those of you who may be new to the village Zendo or, or Zen practice in general, the, the Song of the Jewel Mirror Samadhi is a, a very beautiful piece of liturgy uh, attributed to Dongshan. And it is recited in Zen temples uh, throughout the world. It's part of our regular liturgy. Um, on Sesshin, we'll often chant it every other day. Um Interspersing with the identity of relative and absolute. Um, if you if you haven't read it, I encourage you to to do so. It's a very rich text. Um, it's filled with metaphor and references, um, and I find it very beautiful but dense and challenging um, because every word uh, seems filled with layers of meaning and opportunities for. Uh, interpretation so it's an interesting practice to read it uh, to recite it to chant it uh study and sit with it over and and over again um and it's very unique to do it uh as part of a group uh as as part of a sangha on session and when we do chant it as a group you know there's a there's a tempo set by the liturgy team. And so the words, whether you like it or not, they come one after the other, evenly placed without pause. Um, And so there's a kind of flow that you're invited into. Um, And I found that this kind of one body practice, where the sangha's individual voices are brought together, make it also an easy place to see when one's own voice is out of sync or when uh, one's mouth gets separated from one's head and heart. Um, I'll unpack that a little bit. What do I mean by that? So the opening lines are the Dharma of thusness is intimately conveyed by Buddhas and ancestors. Now you have it. Keep it well. And this line often gives rise in me to a kind of subtle sense of gratitude and purpose. Now you have it, keep it well. And then the next line comes, filling a silver bowl with snow, hiding a heron in the moonlight. When you array them, they're not the same. When you mix them, you know where they are. Now these lines start to unsettle me. <laughs> uh and my my sense of intimacy with the poem a little bit. I I think something like, you know, well now I'm not so sure I can keep this dustness well anymore. What is Dongshan talking about? What do these lines mean? And I'm kind of grasping for for understanding, for for knowing what these lines mean. And of course, sometimes on retreat, uh, maybe tired from a difficult night's sleep, I'll catch myself just mouthing the words with some kind of like muscle memory uh, while my mind drifts off uh, to some daily task or fantasy. Um, and so on and so on, word after word, Line after line, through the leading edge of uh, the eno's voice and the kind of thump of the makugio, you kind of wander and wonder through this text until we get to "baba wawa." Is there anything said or not? And and for me, this has always been a resonant line. It's it's just one where I feel very understood by our tradition. Um, Baba wawa is there anything said or not? So for me, Baba Wawa is a very sincere reminder uh, but offered with levity and a touch of you know, Zen iconoclasm to to make use make use of of words and forms. Uh, by all means, uh, maybe even work to to master them, but but don't get caught. Leave leave some room to not know. Um, and it's so easy to get caught up in knowing, uh, understanding this. I don't understand that, and somehow this line reminds me to come back uh, to my body and stop grasping. Um, When I went searching for transliterations of the Chinese character for for Baba, I found uh, a number of potential translations, but I'll I'll mention three, old woman, grandmother, mother, uh, and for Wawa, uh, calm, kindly, but also, which I found uh, nice and interesting, well-flavored responsive, united. So you'll have to make of that what you will. But for me, I think of Baba Wawa as pointing to pure expression uh, before interpretation, uh, simple and ever-present. Often this phrase is associated with the sounds of a baby. And one inter- interpretation along uh, those lines of associating Baba wawa with the sounds of a baby that I read about, um, and I and I liked, is that even very in- intelligible and intelligent speech, uh, such as the the accurate and poetic, uh, and persuasive teachings in our tradition are somehow meaningless, no more than the incoherent sounds of an infant when compared to ultimate reality. So we can let go of trying to grasp it with our little minds. In in Baba Wawa, I also hear an echo of Bodhidharma in when he described Zen as a special transmission outside the scriptures, with no dependency on words and letters, pointing directly to the human mind, seeing into one's nature and attaining Buddhahood. And also I hear echoes of Baba Wawa in, you could say, all the koans that we study in our lineage, um, which work with this point implicitly, implicitly, um, but actually there are quite a few that address it head-on. And I'll I'll read one, which is from the Transmission of Light, uh, Case 9. Buddha Nandi met with Buddhist master Vasumitra and said to him, I have come to discuss truth with you. Vasumitra said, Good man, discussion is not truth. Truth is not discussion. If you try to discuss truth, ultimately, it is not a discussion of truth. Buddha Nandi knew that Vasumitra's doctrine was supreme, and he realized the principle of the uncreated. And it's fun to point out that yet here are these two masters discussing truth to practice, realize, and actualize truth. And and here I am talking, talking, talking. So Baba Wawa, is there anything said or not? Um there's a playfulness. To the phrase "baba wawa," so I think it's easy to kind of throw it aside a bit. Um, but I think there's a lot there um, for us if we if we hover over it for a while. Um, not being dependent on words or the frameworks and teachings that they create does not mean that we throw them out. I really like uh, the way Dogen, um, I think, talks to this point in a line from his fascicle, Spring and Autumn. These words have power to crush the fundamental point underfoot while raising it overhead. So just crushing underfoot, throwing away the texts. Doing away with practice, the teachings, decorum, saying that Baba Wawa means nothing, I'm sure of it, is at best a mistake um, that we all make, and at worst a kind of like arrogant attempt at crazy wisdom. On the other hand, you know, just just raising overhead, where we venerate the text from afar. We feel small in comparison to their wisdom, um, kind of maybe feel satisfied with some kind of intellectual understanding um, that doesn't bring these teachings into our life is really to bury Zen uh or maybe to visit it as you would like an exotic exhibit. So you can choose choose your word, your verb, but we do have to crush. Or embrace, or sit with, um, and ultimately be within these old icy teachings to make them to make them flow within our lives. Um, Baba Wawa is an invitation to do more with these teachings than to just think about and interpret them. Uh, otherwise, we may get chastised by Dogen, um, as he said again in spring and autumn, when I hear your interpretations, the meaning is decorated and seems beautiful. But if your interpretations accumulate over time, they become a disease. If you advanced wanderers want to master this matter, you should understand the treasury of the true Dharma I of this ancient master Dongshan. If you, advanced wanderer, want to master this matter, you must be with the treasure of your own experience. So now I'm wondering what your Baba Wawa moments are. Um a big a big Baba Wawa theme in my house is forgiveness. Um I'm a parent of two wonderful young boys and in my house, um, perhaps like yours, uh, accidents happen, situations arise, uh, mistakes are made and the opportunity to practice with blame and guilt abound. A Lego set is played with without the proper permissions. Heaven forbid a piece gets lost. The joy of two lion pups roughhousing on the couch turns to tears and rage as one tumbles to the floor. Someone got too much or too little ice cream or attention. Um, In the cauldron of deep fatigue, a request to brush one's teeth is said too loud and too sharply for what the moment really calls for. And in in bumbling my way through these dynamics, I've really been able to see how precious and difficult it is for an apology to meet forgiveness, both within and between parties. I'll share an example. Um, Boaz and Enso discover... Just how wonderful it can be to throw pillows at each other as hard as they possibly can. And after a particularly strong thwap to the back of Boaz's head, they decide that a good rule moving forward is to not hit each other in the face. However, both are working on their aim. Bang! Enso takes one right to his nose. Enso is hurt and angry. An agreed upon rule has been violated. And Boaz doesn't e- seem to understand fully what all the fuss is about. One, he didn't mean to do it. And two, it was funny. Uh, I tried to defuse the situation and so demands an apology. I think this is a good idea. Boaz refuses. Subtle threats. Well, then I won't play with you. And incentives. Please, guys, it's no big deal. Just say you're sorry and we'll find another thing to play. Finally, Boaz's eyes lowered. He grumbles a barely decipherable, I'm sorry. And so here's the I'm not sorry in this sorry. Baba Wawa, is there anything said or not? And sometimes, you know, even the most sincere and genuine sorry is met with a heart not ready to forgive. And of course, these dynamics do not require any other person but oneself. They can play out within oneself. How many times have I been forgiven when I have not been ready to forgive myself, and vice versa. There have been many times that I have felt apologetic and really done my best to express it, but there's no one there to receive it. Uh, they're not ready. They're still hurt. Uh, I'm not sure if any of you have heard of of someone uh, named Daniel Oscar Molina. He's an Argentine writer and art critic, and he has a quote uh, that I think just plays wonderfully with all of these dynamics. And here it goes. Uh, Between what I think, what I want to say, what I think I say, what I say, what you want to hear, what you do hear, what you think you understand, what you want to understand, and what you finally understand... There are nine possibilities of not understanding each other. Again, Baba Wawa, is there anything said or not? And so while Baba Wawa, Bodhidharma, Dogen, and Danielle Molina, um, all their teachings kind of focus on, on words and letters, I have found that this invitation to not know, kind of within the teaching of Baba Wawa, is very helpful when encountering kind of all forms, um, not just words and letters, but people and things and feelings too. Shinri Roshi, in a wonderful and recent Dharma talk, used the metaphor of cleaning uh, potatoes uh, by rigorously rubbing them together in a single pot to illustrate uh, the importance and power of sangha, that uh, how all of our encounters uh, with one another, all the corrections and the work, but also the kind gestures, they they polish, soften, and and clarify our ability to to see ourselves. And regardless of whether we are having. An encounter with a difficult text, uh, a difficult person, or a difficult situation. I think our practice offers us an invitation to not be too certain, uh, to let go of fixed notions, and just and just see what arises in the next moment. Um, and I'll I'll close with a gatha. An old woman holds a baby in her hara, babbling sutras. Thank you.